it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. All right, before we get back into it and uh, dive a little deeper into Marcus Satterfield's potential offense, I want to tell you about In the Deed, the Glory Memorial Stadium produced by Nebraska Public Media. From the original 1923 stands to today's 90,000 fan venue, this stock reveals the storied history evolution and significance of the stadium that is synonymous with Saturdays in Nebraska. Featuring interviews with T.O., Eric Crouch, Trev Alberts, Mike Babcock, D.B. is the narrator. Memorial Stadium only cost $450,000 to build. It was all financed by pledges made by university students, staff, alumni, and boosters way back in the day. Nice. Now, well, I'm sure we'll find out in this documentary how much Memorial Stadium is worth today. Well, and how much money they've put into it with renovations and everything. Sunday, August 13th, 7 p.m. Central Time on Nebraska Public Media and Facebook Live. Check out In the Deed, the Glory Memorial Stadium. Back into these thoughts on what we'll see at Memorial Stadium this year from an offensive point of view. As I get told to lower my voice, (laughs) putts are coming in. The first group just gets closer. I feel like I'm like on River Monsters right now when you're trying to attack like the big... (laughs) like. I'm out in the ske- San Getty. Uh, I'll fish on. Come on, <laughs> who's man. Fish, who's our fish on right now, Robbie, in regards to Marcus Satterfield? Who are we latching on to? Yeah, so um, I think the next point that I'm taking away from it is... This is so funny how we just lower our voice. Right? Um, I'm like very <laughs> self-conscious about it now. Um, one of the things that I am really latching on to in terms of some themes that I saw from Satterfield's offense is uh, guys that are versatile. Mm. Um, they had a tight end last year. Yeah, a lot of razzle-dazzle plays. Um, a lot of, like, misdirection and stuff like that. Um, but also, they, they had this guy in, um, his last name is Bell, that he played both. What's his first name? Dude, just because they have a name longer than four letters doesn't mean you can knock them for having a longer first name. No, it's name. not even that. Um, Kenny I wasn't even paying attention to his first name, to be honest. Um, I want to say Jaquim Bell, but I, I might just be making that up. I might be conflating like three different. Just don't say there. Heath. Um, yeah, definitely not Heath. <laughs> um, no blown saves in Memorial Stadium this year. Um, but no, he uh, it was Bell and he's he's a tight end by you know trade, but they would run him out of the backfield too. He would be he would like an actual running back, not even as a fullback, because sometimes you kind of see that H-back position, the go tight end, fullback, that type of thing. This guy was literally taking handoffs from the running back position. So that's the kind of place I'm curious to see who fills kind of one of those versatile roles, because Satterfield, between Joyner, who was playing wide receiver and quarterback and doing some other stuff um, as the kind of the QB wildcat run option, and then Bell, who was playing and lining up at tight end, lining up in the backfield. I'm curious who Nebraska has that maybe fits one of those versatile roles like that because I think it creates, and we see this with the 49ers too a lot, where because they can line so many different playmakers up at so many different positions, 
it allows them to be really versatile and really confusing on offense, running the same plays for the mm. most part. They run a handful of plays, and they all look different because of the way you line things up. So I don't know if we'll see that this year from Nebraska because as I look at their roster, I'm not totally sure who on the offensive side of the ball would fill that void, but maybe it's somebody that comes out of the woodwork and we don't even think about right now. But that's a big theme is he really likes versatile playmakers. Um, and then I think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. If Borgature and Fedoni are both healthy or or if Gilbert gets his uh, waiver, we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets because A, he likes it to help stay in and protect the quarterback so he can take shots downfield. Mm-hmm. And B, he can do a lot of things, especially with a guy like Gilbert or Fedoni, these super athletic tight ends. You can do a lot of things with those guys, whether it's get them the ball in short situations and let them go run for it, whether it's to extend the field down the middle with those types of guys. That's something I expect to see a lot out of Satterfield and Nebraska's offense this year, especially since we're not totally sure about the wide receiver room. I think that's even going to be more emphasized than it was in South Carolina. Well, so I didn't dive too deep or as deep as you into the film that um, like going like game by game by game, mm-hmm. but I did want to pinpoint a few things sure. that I did notice. The first one, one saying we weren't ready. Nobody got to see, or nobody got us ready to see what we were about to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, are, you're taking a shot at your OC right now mm-hmm. for one. But as much as coaches to blame, the line looked lifeless yeah. up front in that game. And players have to be accountable, too. And that's the difference, the, the sheer difference in culture from South Carolina to Nebraska is the culture is all based on accountability. Mm-hmm. You will not hear that said once this year. No. That, oh, they didn't get us ready to go. Like this person, you're not going to have a player no. do that because you know who's going to shut that down right away is the man up top. Mm-hmm. Coach Rule will not let that happen. Now, Something you could also mention is this. Did they let the AM win get to their head? Probably. Like, that was a big win for them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you fall flat on your face to Mizzou. Uh, you know, all year, here's what the offense looked like. And you saw it a lot in that Mizzou game. It was screen pass after screen pass after screen pass. Mm-hmm. That was a problem. And that's something that you would think Coach Satterfield addressed because later on in the year, you saw a little more deep balls. You saw a little more variety. And boom, now the offense started adding points. And when he did sprinkle in the screen passes, they were incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what we saw early was him not trusting Spencer Rattler with fair reason and not trusting the offensive line because, as you said, they kind of got blown up sometimes. I think that's part of the reason they went to those two tight end sets so much. Um, it's going to be partially to protect the quarterback at Nebraska. I think at South Carolina it was mainly per- to protect Spencer Rattler so we had time to get those deep balls off. I think part of it's going to be that reason in Nebraska. I think the other part is going to be the lack of productive wide receivers that we know about right now. Hopefully some guys will step up. Um, real quick, I wanted to get mm-hmm. to the point you made about um, having quarterbacks that that move well. I think one of the issues we saw with deep balls early in, against South Carolina is, and this is just me speculating based on what I saw, I haven't heard Satterfield say this, is I think some of the deep ball plays he's, he's he – uh, draws up and the, and and calls are almost a pseudo design QB run, and I don't think Rattler was taking advantage of that because I think he takes the opportunity to say, "Hey, if you've got the deep shot, take it, right? Mm-hmm. Air that thing out, get huge chunks of yardage." But because you're taking so much of the defense with you 
on those deep routes, it opens up a lot of QB run seams. And I think that's the thing early that we didn't see Spencer Rattler take advantage of that I think we will see Jeff Sims take advantage of. I mentioned I don't think they're going to do a lot of specific QB called like runs drawn up with runs. Jeff Sims, but I think but when a play is broken, see, I think you will see these pseudo called QB runs where it's like, yes, the primary option is a pass, and it's not really an RPO. But because of the nature of the pass call, there's going to likely be either a wide a guy that's either in one-on-one downfield that you have a shot at, or you're going to have run lanes as your quarterback. As much as we are hyping up Coach Satterfield here and what we think he can be at Nebraska, there are some things that will have to get answered, and that is, can Jeff Sims throw the ball downfield consistently? Oh, I have no idea if they can execute these things. Right. I just think these are the things they're going to try they're, and These do. are what they're going to yeah. work on, and that's why it's an overall idea. And here's something else to mention. If you remember mm-hmm. back when Coach Rule got hired and he was looking around for his coordinators, he spent a lot of time on the phone with Coach Satterfield. He was the first call, mm-hmm. and he was essentially begging him to come to Nebraska with him because he knew what Marcus Satterfield could bring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they'd worked together before as well. and But you wouldn't plead for a guy no, unless if you, you didn't believe. Yeah, unless you were sold on his ability. And like I said, uh, that's, that's 100% Coach Rule question. <laughs> some of these things and maybe it's that simple maybe it's like oh he answers to me uh the way i want a coach to answer to me some of these things you probably aren't gonna see come to full fruition in year one um just based on personnel and guys getting used to the system and things like that but i'm pretty confident that these are some of the themes that they're going to try and accomplish this year and i think they'll have some level of success i don't know which area I would guess the QB run area, both with Sims and with Harburg, will be the area where they have the most success. Um, I do think they'll have more success than South Carolina really ever did last year in your normal running back run game because South Carolina really struggled with that Mm -hmm. last year. I think that's something Nebraska will be better at than South Carolina, and so we may see more of that than we did last year with Satterfield. This is helpful. I'm not all the way there. But this is helpful. You know, I'm, I'm ideas are you, flowing. I'm giving you a little, a, like a light outline. And of you know what? what? Might look really, like. what I'd recommend to people to do is just go back and watch some some basic offensive film from mm-hmm. South Carolina. You don't have to watch the full game. You don't have to do oh, what no, Robbie's I, doing. I fast forward through the defensive positions. Right, <laughs> right. But just watch what South Carolina yeah. is doing and and what they have in their bag of tricks because that's something I'm excited about with Coach Satterfield that we may see more of is like, oh. Um, what the heck was that? Like, not flea flickers, no. but like... Some like misdirection. And that's, that's what I'm talking about with bags of tricks. And maybe the most impressed I was by him was his ability to have a feel for the game of when to call those plays. Mm-hmm. That was maybe his strength last year at South Carolina. So, all good things. Uh, looking forward to kickoff against Minnesota on August 31st. First game of Nebraska's football season. We will see what the offense will officially look like then because I know for a fact we will only hear about what it could look like (laughs) until until that point. We'll take a short break. Mike Sauter up next.